and welcome to For Heaven's Sake, a Seventh Heaven podcast. This is episode 1108 titled, And I'll Take the Low Road. And we are your co-hosts, Lady J. And T. How are you, T? I'm great. Dude, did you hear our cracks? Yeah, we both cracked our elbows at the same time. <laughs> How Power dancing right? to the theme song. How good did that feel? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Have I told the story on here about how my sister accidentally like bent my elbow the wrong way by kicking it? Oh, shit. (laughs) It's kind of like it's more of a visual thing. But like, you know how sometimes you'll like lean on your arm? Yeah. Like like, like your arm is locked and like you're leaning on the bed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was doing that. And my sister was like messing around doing like fake karate moves at me or whatever. (laughs) And she accidentally got too close and she fucking like kicked my elbow in like oh. and it, it but it was like this most epic crack release to where i was like now now you got to do the other one <laughs> like now my elbows don't feel even like you got to do do the other one and of course she couldn't but um yeah i'll never forget that like it was like on the brink of a break oh my god she it went as far as it can go without breaking oh man <laughs> such a scary thought yeah ah. it was but it was like it was fine you know but yeah yeah, that's our funny like moment. She she never lived it down either because I just keep giving her a hard time about it. You know, <laughs> how old were you? Uh, I don't know. It was a, it was quite a while ago. Maybe like maybe ten years ago. Now, okay. maybe even fifteen. Nice. Yeah, All I right. forget how old I am sometimes. You know, like perspective wise, yeah. like ten years ago is not that long in my mm-hmm. lifetime. You know, <laughs> exactly. Oh man. Yeah. So, any hooser. And I'll take the low road. Uh-huh. Did you catch the constant musical notes of that song playing in this episode? You know, like the two minute silent scene that they always do. Yeah. The the music under that was da 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 da. <laughs> like it was the song. Like it was really funny. I was I was and I noticed it because I was gonna pull it and play it on our podcast, but I was like, yeah, the show did it for us. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where to start. I want to start with Ruthie is where I want to start. <sighs> Do we have Because, to? yeah, because know, this is yeah. the most important story of the episode, I mm-hmm. think. Um, Annie shows up at her door. Yeah. And Ruthie, I think, is happy to see her. Yeah. You know, she does. This, she is like, oh, my God, mom. Hey, whatever. And comes in and Annie and then immediately it devolves because. Yeah. Annie's like, you know, yeah, we're we're here to get you home, girl, because like we we all really want to be together right now, and it's important to us. It wasn't even only like it. The best part is when Ruthie, before Annie can even put her bag down or anything or get a word, and well, I'm so happy to see you. As long as it doesn't mean that you're gonna take me out of here, right? I was like, oh, okay. So yeah. she's trying to shut this shit way down way before down it early. even, yeah. And Annie's like okay, what? Who are you? You know? And is basically like, well, right now we're, you know, we do, we want you home, but right now, like, let's, you know, let's get you out of here. Let's tour the city or, you know, whatever. We're going to have dinner with your dad later. Exactly. And okay. Ruthie fucks it up. Mm -hmm. She makes a big stink about it in this, in this moment. Her mom's like, you know, right? Yeah, we want you home, kiddo. Well, I don't want to come home. You know, he's been living with heart problems his whole life. Like, what's me gonna, being there going to change? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Just this constant barrage of, like, her own selfishness of, like, what am I even going to do if I'm there? You guys just want to take me away from, like, the best thing that's ever happened to me and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And 
Annie shuts like Annie shuts it down. She's yeah. like, okay, I don't know who this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and just like walks away. She's yeah. like, meet us for dinner at this time. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know? Exactly. Um, she doesn't want to deal with it. She this is not why she came here. Annie did not fly yeah. across the fucking country and an ocean. Mm-hmm. To have her littlest daughter tell yeah. her what she will and will not do. Uh-huh. No, thank you. It's weird. I was trying to make... I made it a point that if I'm going to watch this episode, I do not want to be angry or annoyed with Ruthie. So I'm really trying... So I said, I'm like, you know that this is going to be part of her character right now? Like, she's going to be bratty? Okay, here are all her points, like, objectively. Wow, you're a better man than I. I said, let me just try this. But what I'm upset with is Brenda Hampton making it. Both of them have a point here. Ruthie at some point is going to need to live her life. Right. And she's trying to do that. So I got that point. But we know deep down the kind of person Ruthie is. The fact that you're making her a weak character such as this. I'm like, this is what I'm not here for. It's true. And Lucy was the shit this episode. For me, because she doesn't lose her shit. Every time Ruthie's getting annoying, how does it not get under your skin and give? Because in the previous episode, listen here, little sister, mm-hmm. that comes out. This is actually met with like empathy. Like, I hear you, but come on. Like, your family needs you. You're going to have to step up here. She's not even trying to argue with her. She's actually just trying to see if she can see it. So, and Lucy's voice gets small. But I think when I say get small, she goes softer, but that's to control her anger. That's what I think. Because <laughs> like she goes, who are you? When really she's like, bitch, who the fuck are you? I don't know. That's what I was thinking. I, I kind of liked Lucy here in this episode. So, yes, everything that you said. But Lucy's also not not angry. Or maybe angry is a harsh word. Lucy's not like just being empathetic and shit though yeah. because at some point when ruthie's like being the biggest brat of life mm-hmm. lucy it has to just put her foot down and be like you know what we're not gonna pay for this anymore yeah yeah we're just not i know because you have proven like mind you we also learn i forgot about this we also learned that ruthie's been lying this whole time the semester is over yeah she's just trying to milk her time out there to like travel and see the world which i totally understand i know but like it's not like you can even rely on the excuse of like well i'm taking classes i can't just leave in the middle of them exactly done with classes girl yeah and lucy's like so what are you going to do if we don't pay for this? Like you and she's like, I don't need your money. I'll live off of my living expenses, my living wages. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, the money that mom and dad have been sending to you so that you could go, go to classes there that you're not even taking anymore. You're such a brat. Like, come on, Ruthie. Yeah. Like where, where did this entitlement come from? Exactly. It's not great. It's just not. I know. But, at the, and then like you said though, at the same time, she's a 16 year old girl. Yeah. And her big thing is that she keeps saying is like, out here, I'm not just a preacher's kid anymore. Yeah. Like, she gets to be her own person. Yeah. She gets to craft her, 
her persona, her like who she who she is, mm-hmm. you know, without without any predetermination based on the family she's from. Exactly. And that's really important to her. And yeah. I get that, you know, being yeah. one of the youngest of seven, you mm-hmm. know, that's not nothing. I like it's true. That is significant. Like I get that. But she's just going about it all wrong. Exactly. You know, she's going about it in a way that's not coming off well. Yeah. Because I don't know. And they keep, and the other part of it too is like, they keep not telling her what the problem is. Exactly. Like she knows that there's heart problems, but she doesn't know the diagnosis. She doesn't know that he's got a year to live. Yeah. You know, she keeps saying like, you're, so you've lived with heart problems your whole life. You'll keep living with them. What is me being there going to do? Well, bitch, like she's going to be dead soon. Like you're going to want to be there. And her parents keep telling her like, trust us. You're going to want to be there. And if you can't make that decision for yourself right now, then we'll make it for you. Yeah. But it's like, just tell her, tell her everything so that so that you can trust that the daughter that you raised, the Ruthie that you know and love will do the right thing. Exactly. Like, it's not rocket surgery, people, you Mm -hmm. know, like if you raise if you raised her this way to have these types of ideals and stuff, which full circle to Lucy and the hamsters and the twins let's get there. But like if you raise them this way, then they're going to do the right thing. And you have to trust that. Otherwise, what are you doing? Are you never going to let them go? Exactly. I don't know. It's like the age old struggle, right? Of like parenthood, I guess. Like. When do you loosen yeah. the reins and leave them to their own devices? I don't know. Uh, leave them. Yes, but here is the difference. And I and it's because of what Eric said at the end. He goes, "I am a person in need, and I need you." That was all that needed to be said. I need you, and he says it. I'm being selfish. I want you home. It has nothing to do with taking away an opportunity for you to not grow and be your own person. That was the best kind of vulnerability that might have made her go, fuck, okay, I, how do I deny this? Well, but she keeps doubling down on, yeah. I want to stay. and But then when she and her dad, because they leave it, because she goes to dinner with her dad and Annie's nowhere to be yeah. found. Um, because I guess because of the tiff they had, or I don't know, it's not clear. Exactly. Um, so it's just Eric and Ruthie one-on-one. And it's that's that time for Eric to like lay the cards on the table and go like, listen, kiddo, you're coming. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. If I have to drag you kicking and screaming, I will, because this is what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And when Annie comes then to her room yeah. to pick her up, she's packing. Uh-huh. And Annie's like, oh, I thought I might help you pack. And she's like, how do you know I'm packing? He's like, because you're my daughter. Yeah. (laughs) And then they have that moment where Annie gets to tell her, don't worry, Ruthie. This is important to you. And we know that. And we're going to find a way to get you back here Mm -hmm. so that you can continue to do what's important to you and live your dream. We're not we don't want to take this away from you. Yeah. We're going to find a way to make that work somehow. Mm-hmm. Right now, though, you got to come home. Yeah. And it feels like it feels like Ruthie is the most receptive to that in mm-hmm. that moment than she's ever been for the last two episodes. Yeah. Where I think she just needed to know that, like, they're not trying to shackle her. Yeah. That this isn't this isn't about shackling her. This is about 
having her back home right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Because as you said, Eric's the person in need and he needs her. Yeah. Man, I couldn't stand it though. I, I think it was in the episode. I think it was in the previous episode when Ruthie just like, aren't you supposed to help people? That's what a minister is. Oh, what, what, when, when Lucy's not helping. letting her like talk shit to her. Or yeah. Just hearing Ruthie saying that kind of shit. It's like, how do you not just sock your sister in the face? <laughs> but so, okay. So I want to unpack some of this more a little bit because it's making me like think things like, okay. You know how we sometimes call Matt parent number three yeah. or whatever. And we, there's like, there, there tends to be a bit of a complex in the show or yeah. in the characters in the show where they take responsibility upon themselves to do things that are like not their responsibility yeah. kind of thing. You know, at what point is Eric burdening his children by saying, drop everything and come be home with me. Yeah. I've always been of the mindset that as a parent, even when you're at your lowest, you don't burden your kids Mm -hmm. with your lowest. Yeah. Not that I'm a parent, obviously, but it's just sort of what's been instilled in me, like with my parents and stuff. I'm, I don't get, I don't need to be my parents' parent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not my job. Yeah. They, they especially instilled in me that I don't have to be my siblings' parent, which was a harder lesson to learn. But, you know, I don't know. It's, I don't necessarily think that Eric's in the wrong here because mm-hmm. I totally get it. This is a uniquely, hard situation because he's got a clock yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and that's that's not just i'm sick that's that's like i'm gonna die (laughs) like Mm -hmm. i want to be with you guys i get that Mm -hmm. but at the same time i don't know it's ruthie's life yours is ending but hers is just beginning you know i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know that there's any right answer here i know it comes down to your heart and like the kind of the way that you want to react in these types of situations from like from Ruthie's perspective, right? Like it comes down to Ruthie's heart. Yeah. Is she going to say, well, it's not my responsibility to parent him and continue to live her life. Or is her heart telling her like, be there because his days are numbered, Mm. you know? True. Yeah. I don't know. And then, so then it comes full circle because the twins spend the whole episode trying to get rid of these hamsters they've got. Yeah. They don't want to keep them anymore. They try to pawn them off on Jane and Margaret okay. when they think that they're leaving, which we'll get to. And then Kevin's like, I don't think that's going to happen, guys. Like, you know, your dad got you these hamsters. You're not just going to give them away. And they're like, but we want to. Yeah. Like, they, they just keep they're so adamant about, like, unburdening themselves of these hamsters. Mm-hmm. And finally, Lucy has this, like, really awesome fucking talk with them. Yeah. It made me so excited seeing her in full on like mom mode. Yeah. With these twins. Like, oh my God, Savannah is going to be the luckiest little girl. (laughs) I'm obsessed with this. Like the scene where she breaks it down for them in a way that they can understand. Like, so these hamsters are more than just hamsters. They yeah. are your responsibility. You signed up to take care of them and they need you mm-hmm. to take care of them. Yeah. And we were raised in a way where 
we don't turn away from things or animals or people in need. Mm -hmm. You know, we step up, we do the hard thing and we continue to care for people or things in need, you know, Um, whatever. And so the twins begrudgingly are like, okay, whatever. But then ultimately it's like, but like, what about dad? If we're too busy worried about the hamsters, like, are we going to be able to help dad when he needs us? Yeah. Which is so cute because they're like, oh, she's like, oh, yeah. Like, you know about dad, huh? And they're like, we hear things. We're not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Which, of course, you're not stupid, Sam and David. <laughs> like, I know. They're, I mean, they're fucking sponges. Yeah. Like, they absorb everything. What else could they do? Yeah. That's all, all they're going to do. They're going to just, like, listen into everybody's and, conversation. Like, all the tension in the house, yeah. you know, with, with, like, where, why, why did her dad, why did their dad and mom leave all of a sudden? Yeah. Lucy's pissed at Kevin, you know, all that shit. Like, they're going to feel that and they're going to, exactly. they're going to take notice of it. And they obviously are worried about their dad. And so they want to unburden themselves of the hamsters so that they can be there full time for their dad when he needs them, which is like so sweet. But Lucy's like, we're going to take care of the hamsters and dad and it's going to be okay. Yeah. You know what gets said a lot in this episode is it'll be okay. It has to be. Yeah. Which feels like. A desperate man's <laughs> mantra. Exactly. <laughs> like, it has to be okay. It has to be okay. Like, I don't know if they really all believe it yet. Yeah. I know. Because even Jane says it in passing. Like, mm-hmm. you and your wife are just in denial. Yeah. Well, see, I was going to say, I think Annie's the most culprit. Yeah. I think Annie's the most in denial. Because she she didn't even give herself time to process. He told her about his diagnosis. She's ready. And to fight. she was like, let's go. We're going to go to the doctor. We're going to beat this thing. Positive thoughts. Da, da, da. It's like, take a minute, Annie, and think about it so that you can feel it. You know, I don't know. I wonder how that's going to go down. I worry about her because I love her so much. Well, <laughs> they need to add drama somewhere. <laughs> You know. Uh, so, speaking of drama, oh, which one? Oh, up, fucking a. Yeah, picking up where we left off with the Jane debacle and the T Bone debacle. So, Jane in this episode has decided she's going to get a divorce yep. from Army Guy. So she's going to the divorce office. I don't know. I don't know. Where somewhere she's in the promenade. Um, to do that, to go, they're going to meet there, sign the paperwork, be done. Yeah. He doesn't show up. Yep. So she's still married. And she's pissed about it. Yeah. She's pissed because what ends up happening. So while this is going on though, she and Margaret have convinced themselves that they need to find a place to live now because it's only a matter of time between or before Eric is too sick and they're, the Camdens and the Kinkirks are too busy and too preoccupied to be worried about yeah. these three teenagers. Mm-hmm. And she uses that excuse to tell T-Bone, like, why she called his mom in the first place. Yeah. Like, don't you know, buddy? Like, I was just looking out for you because you're going to have to find a place to live. And eventually, like, this isn't going to yeah. last forever, blah, blah, blah. Really, she's just lashing out mm-hmm. because she's like 
pissed at her own situation that she did that she got married in the first place now she can't divorce the guy because he won't do it and all this shit and so they're having this like screaming match in the promenade Uh her jane and margaret and t-bone he's like i know you called my bob you piece of shit and she's like you i just doing you a favor and blah blah (laughs) and like don't you know anything eric cannon's gonna die soon and she's yelling it yeah and the whole fucking promenade stops dead in their tracks <laughs> Basically, they have round two of phone calls to deal with. The <laughs> poor, poor Kirk, Kevin. Oh yeah, they're trying to talk to T Bone's mom, who has shown up as promised. Yes, and the phone keeps ringing. The, like first the cell phone, then the, the and the whole the everything is ringing, and people are calling and freaking out about Eric. Yeah. And Lucy has to play damage control of like. Oh, you heard about that. Okay, no, he's totally fine. He's not dead. He's just taking a vacation in Scotland, you know, whatever. <laughs> She's like having to co- tell person after person. I, I love that moment where like mid-sentence she calls for Kevin, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, now it's all about damage control with the, um, I was going to say the city. Oh, yeah. The townsfolk of Glen Oak and ultimately like the church people mm-hmm. um, who care. Um, and at some point too, she has to tell Eric that they all know. Yeah. And Eric's like... Okay, just chill, like it's fine. Have like do a sermon, tell everybody everything's okay. I'll be yeah. back tomorrow, kind of thing, whatever. And she's like, okay. So, um, let's talk about T Bone and his mom. Mm. Once again, I think I love T Bone. I know he's such. He's a strong kid. Yeah, he's he's emotionally intelligent yeah. and he's just really wise he understands right from wrong and he doesn't he's not he's and he's unassuming yeah like he's not trying to be a know-it-all he's not trying no. to be a shithead he just he's he just a it. good guy yeah it is he, he's very he's like it is what it is like yeah i'm not i'm not like i'm not trying to fight you about he's not trying to fight her no. He just wants freedom from her. He's not saying that you're not my mother anymore, but yeah. You know, he's just gonna And good on Lucy, man. Okay. Lucy, like, this is what I want. So I want to sort of like break it down, right? So so T-Bone finds out that Jane called his mom. He's yeah. in a spi- he's in a spiral about it. He's like he's hiding from Lucy cuz she's looking from the promenade and then he just like pops in his ticket booth or whatever. He resigned from the Camden family. Yeah, he left a note. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's the sweetest. So yeah. Lucy shows up and she's like, "Okay, first of all, you were not kicking you out." Yeah. Like just cuz your mom's here, it's not about that. Mm-hmm. You also should know your options. Yeah. You can be legally emancipated if she is the problem. Like, like if you can't be with her yeah. for all the reasons that you've told us, which I don't know if we've talked about it on the show. T-Bone has explained that, like, his mom was is an escort. Yeah. And the reason she went to Vegas in the first place is because, like, business was better out there, you know, uh-huh. and she couldn't afford to take him. And so left him high and dry and never really like provided for him Mm -hmm. the way that a mother, I hesitate to use the word should, you know, um, and 
and he just he was glad to be on his own in the first place yeah and now she's gonna come back and she and she says like she won't even release me into the foster system because she doesn't want to give up her like parental rights to me or whatever you know so he feels stuck Mm -hmm. and so lucy's like okay well what about emancipation yeah if you can prove that you're better off alone than with her do it yeah and he really like his eyes light up i know he's He's like, like I Wait, can do this? That's really like an option for me? And she's like, yeah, and I'll help you. Like, you know? So he gets so excited about it. Yeah. And then cut to, we meet T-Bone's mom, who mm-hmm. doesn't get a name in oh, the credits. Yeah. She's he's, she's just T-Bone's mother. Um, and she shows up at the King Kirks, mm-hmm. and they're chatting with her. And they try to, like, Weasel. Indicate yeah. the fact that, like, T-Bone has told them what she does. And she's like, oh, is that what he told you? As if, like, and then she's like, oh, I'm in hotel management training program, whatever. And for a hot second, you're like, okay, I could see where T-Bone crafted this lie Mm -hmm. to suit his own narrative and independence game, right? But then immediately she 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 stabs her own self in the foot because she tells Kevin that he looks familiar. familiar. And Kevin's like, yeah, you know, you do too. And um, all due respect, I'm thinking maybe from jail. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> so the jig is up. It's it's indeed true. She is an escort or Hearing a prostitute. her tell Kevin, shut up. Yeah, when Lucy has to go deal with the phone calls yeah. and he looks at her and she's like, shut up. Um, yeah, clearly she's a bit of a mess. Yeah. Um, and you so, don't know what it's like to be a single parent and raise a child. Oh, don't I? Yeah. Poor so guy. he could write a book on it. Oh, who, Kevin? No, T-Bone. Oh, T-Bone. He can just write a book that's on right. it. That, yeah, that's right. She tells she him said, that. Yeah, she she tells that. him that. And it's like... Here's the thing. Like, You could probably say that if you were... Like, you might, you might say that like... Ugh, you're just, you're just, you're not in the right to say it. That's the best way to put it. Like, you're not going to gain any sympathy from me. You have options. Are they harder? 100%. Are, do they demand more work? Yes. It's more hours. It's like, like he said, she could have worked two jobs. Maybe yeah. it would have been hard back baking work, but, but it would have been honest work. Yeah, exactly that. Like you're not going to gain any sympathy from your son. And here again, see, it's another example of the thing about the burdening of your children. It's not T-Bone's job to understand how hard it is to be a single mom. She made that choice. That's not his fault. And he said it like your choice is set the life that we're, that we lead right Right. now. He didn't ask to be born. Yeah. You know, like it's like he doesn't need to know how hard it is to be a single mom. He does because he's like, as you say, yeah. emotionally intelligent. Yeah. But that's not his job to know that. Yeah. He just needs to know that he's cared for. Yeah. He needs a roof over his head. He needs sustenance. He needs to be able to find a way to get to school and get an education. Yeah. That's the shit that matters to him. And you clearly can't do that because you're too worried about your own damn self. So let him be emancipated. And she even says, she's like, I'm not going to stand in your way. I'll sign whatever you want me to sign. Yeah. Clearly, she doesn't even like, she's not that attached, (laughs) you know? I'm so happy for him, though. Yeah. And he does say, he's like, he's like, I love you. Like, this isn't about me, like, not caring about you or whatever. But it's the right thing for both of us. Now you can do whatever you want to do. And I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah. And it's fine. 
And then he calls her Jeannie one last time. Yeah. Jeannie, that's her name. Yeah. Jeannie. And um, he calls her Jeannie one last time and just like walks away into yeah. the night. Ugh. No. I love him so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Like I I'm so proud of him and I'm proud of the show too for doing that and not making it this like weird like custody battle bullshit. It's yeah. more just about these two people having a moment where like let's just be adults about this. Yeah. We don't have to be in each other's lives if we're clearly toxic for each other. Exactly. You know? Yeah, good on T-Bone, man. Well, good for him. Yeah. He's free. And then, and then you know, he comes back. Or no. So he, he walks away. <laughs> this is the greatest. Yes. I'm going to play it. So he comes back. Or I keep saying he comes back. No, he doesn't. Well, he did walk away from the girls. He walks away. And Jane and Margaret are like following him because they're mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, we saw that. Because they were at the working at the dairy shack, yeah. like, literally down the, thing, <laughs> down the promenade. So they're like, well, you can go back to the King Kirks, but... We're not going. Jane and Margaret are adamant. Their time is up. They're not going back. They're going to fend for themselves. They'll go back to living in their car, whatever. They're not doing it. Mm -hmm. So they're sitting there and Jane is having this moment of like, God, I'm such a loser. I'm like 18 years old. I'm married. My husband won't like give me a divorce. And like, I'm homeless. Like, what is my life? You know? And Margaret (laughs) opens her mouth. And doesn't shut up for like 15 minutes. (laughs) The first time in my life, I feel like I have a home. My mom was so abused by my dad that eventually she was brain damaged and social services stepped in to save me. But by then I was 14. I was really too old to be adopted. So I started out bouncing from one home to another because I, I didn't really have much to say. And people thought I was mental when really I just I didn't want to say the wrong thing and get hit like my mom. And so I didn't really fit in. And I went from one family to another family to another family. And then the social worker started preparing me to go out into the world because I was turning 18 and so I got a job and I started doing things like opening a bank account which I totally don't understand although I made really good grades in school because all I did was study so I, I think I could get into college but I, I was too afraid to really try it because I'm, I'm sort of socially unaware although one day I hope to be to become a teacher I'm going back to the Camdens girl knows what she needs well it's a good thing so it's like so tragic everything that Uh she says but i think they did a really good job here of like tempering some of that tragedy Mm -hmm. because it could have been one of those like sappy violin string moments where she's she's crying but instead they keep cutting between jane and t-bone looking at each other like look at her she's going she keeps talking she's sharing like oh my god you know it's almost like neither of them knew any of this like she hasn't talked to to either of them about any of it about any of it and She's like unburdened, like it all comes out of her like word vomit. Yeah. Like she's just, she unburdens herself and frees herself of her own trauma. Yeah. You know, her mom being beaten till she yeah. was brain damaged. Yeah. Her own like social awkwardness, as she mm-hmm. calls it, maybe a little bit Asperger's. I don't know. Yeah. Kind of explain some of her behaviors up to this point. Yeah. Like, like, you know, she's, she's obviously struggled herself, yeah. you know, and like you said, she knows a good thing when she sees it. And yeah. if the Camdens aren't kicking her out right now, go back, girl. Yeah. 
So she gets up with her backpack. She's like, I'm going back. And T-Bone's like, me too. And they walk away together. And Jane's like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, you guys need a ride? <laughs> like, come on, kids. Like, do your do right by yourselves. Yeah, you got a good thing going. Yeah. And no one's kicking you out. And Lucy makes that very clear. Yeah. Or, yeah, it's Lucy, right, that ultimately mm-hmm. tells them, like, Listen, guys, like you're going to have to pull your weight, but like no one's kicking you out. Yeah. Like we've we've opened up our home to you. And it's her own version of like taking responsibility, much like with the twins and their hamsters. Right. Yeah. You don't just give the hamsters away because they're a burden on you. Mm-hmm. You don't just kick these teenagers out because they're a burden. You've opened your home to them. You've invited them in. You stay. You stick to that. Yeah. You honor that commitment and that responsibility. So. That's what's happening. (laughs) Uh, This one wasn't too bad. It wasn't. It was at least a little more like interesting. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) yeah, maybe that's not the right word. But you know, there was like something to it other than just like disjointed, dramatic brattiness. I mean, we did see Mac. Oh my God, we don't. We're not done. (laughs) We're not done at all. Okay. (gasps) Guys, I cannot stress enough. Uh huh. Like seeing this whole Martin, Sandy, and Mac thing unfold. Yeah. Gave me so much anxiety. Mm-hmm. Not even anxiety. That's not the right word. My skin was crawling. Yeah. Same. <laughs> like, what the fuck was the point of any of this? Was Honestly, so- I could never see Martin or Sandy ever again, and I'd be fine. Yeah. I would be fine. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. It's so infuriating, dude. I <laughs> Mac asking all the questions. Like, Martin, you little bitch. Like, sack up, dude. What the fuck? And why would you, why would you let your best friend have this kind of conversation? It's with, just... With your... He asked wife? him to. I understand, but I, I know he asked him to, but... Where in your right mind are you comfortable with this? You mind little you, shithead. Mind you, Mac says more than once, used to be my best friend. So they're not even friends anymore. Yeah. So why is Mac even there? Exactly. If you don't consider him a friend anymore. Oh, yeah. It was the guy that I was dating. I just broke up with him. Oh, yeah. It's good you broke up with your boyfriend. So that you could get married to Martin. Ew. Also, I wish we could have seen the breakup with Daniel. Obviously they couldn't get the actor, but like, it's all very awkward the way it happens because there she is in her wedding dress talking to Aaron, like, you know, being cute with Aaron or whatever. And then the door knocks yeah, and it's Daniel and she's like, what are you doing here? And nobody answers. And she has to just brace herself in front of the door. She opens it cut to the next scene. Like we don't get to see any of it kind of thing. And then cut back to, she closes the door behind him and it's like, whew, that's over, you know? So then Mac shows up and it's all weird at first because it's like a strange man at her door, right? Exactly. And so she's like, oh, who are you? And he's like, and he's creepy kind of. He's like, oh yeah, I'm Mac. I used to be Martin's best friend. Like I'm here for the wedding, you know, (laughs) like the way Mac does with his like cockiness, you know? Yeah, it's like he has this, he always has a fucking smirk. Yeah. Like he knows something you don't know, you know? And then, so she's like, oh my God, of course, you know, come in. And because I guess they crossed each other, right? Because like the timing of it, like I guess Mac 
overheard or saw Daniel mm. leaving the apartment. True. So it gives him the opening to be like, uh, what was that about? You know? And then so Sandy has to tell him like, oh yeah, that was the guy I was seeing. You know, I had to break up with him. And Max like, that's good. And starts like third degree questioning her yeah. about like her intentions and shit. Yeah. Meanwhile, it was Martin that wanted to marry her in the first place. Seriously, you, you guys didn't have this talk at all? So fucking stupid. No, of course they didn't. Sandy just needed a way out of her boyfriend. They are children. The only children get married anyway. <laughs> Is that Drew Michael skit? What are you, two? <laughs> um, so when Sandy calls him on it, kind of like, you know, like, why are you asking me this kind of stuff? Martin, Max, like, oh, yeah, like Martin, like, wanted me to or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't, it's all it's just so weird. It's all weird. I don't. I hate the storyline. I wish it never happened. Or you know what? If Sandy and Martin were to be a thing, or you're gonna make them a thing and then break it off, make it fun a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah. Give me some heart. Don't give me this bullshit of uh, these kids that don't know what the fuck they're doing. Honestly, this and so okay. Ultimately, as an audience, we yeah. don't want Sandy and Martin Martin to get no because we know it's bullshit and doesn't exactly. need to happen. So okay, we don't want it to happen, right? But I didn't need Mac to be the one to come in and interrogate Sandy about it. Yeah, it would have been enough for me to have Sandy and Martin impulsively decide to get married in the last episode. In this episode, Daniel comes in. She has to turn him down because that's what she wants. She's like, yeah. "Look, I'm getting married." Cut to. She, t- she turns to Martin. They both look at each other and they're like, we're idiots. We're yeah. not going to really do this. I, that's it. Period. End of story. I don't need Matt coming in with his cocky smile, trying to stir shit up. I don't need especially that final scene with them where he like shakes their hand and shakes yeah. Martin's hands. Martin's hand like, this is the most mature thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah. who the fuck are you, guy? You're fucking Martin's age. What are you, two? Yeah. <laughs> You know, like, it's just, what are you, my dad? Yeah, exactly. And once upon a time, Mac, you were cute. He was, he is cute, but his, his character doesn't serve a purpose here. I know. It's unnecessary. This entire storyline was unnecessary. That's the truth. Yeah. So in the end, so then they end up at the chapel Sandy's in her dress. Martin's in a suit with holding uh, no. her flowers. They, they, they break up in the in, in her apartment, dude. No, bro. They're in the chapel. They're in the chapel. She comes in. She's created the. They're in like the little bride and groom chamber or whatever. And oh. she comes in and she's like, "Okay, let's do this." And he looks at her and he's like, "We're not gonna do this." And she's like, "I guess not." <laughs> what? Yeah. Like you're gonna break up with him like right at the altar. But they don't even break up because then they're like, maybe someday, you know, when when it's when the time is right, and maybe when Eric can do it or Lucy. Yeah, definitely one of those two. Like, yeah, I just the whole thing is just so dumb. Like, do you guys even like each other? Does the show even like them? Yeah. <laughs> Does Brenda even like writing for them? Like, why are they still here? What are they doing? Sandy has no purpose this season. Mm-mm. Having her be in the show, having Martin be in the show is like completely useless. Yeah. And also now, where do you go from here? Yeah. Because now essentially the story, whatever story you kicked off at the beginning with this whole Daniel Martin business is over. So now they're starting from scratch again with Sandy yeah. and with Martin. 
So where do you go from here? What's the game plan here? Are you going to show me that what Sandy now wants to continue on with school? Not continue on. Well, she always was going to, but right. What are we going to see her like 100% committed to her studies? Is this what I'm going to see now? But like, that's not a story. That's boring as shit. I don't want to see Sandy studying. I I don't need to see that. You know, is Martin going to fall in love with Ruthie? I don't know. Actually, I kind of know some things. I accidentally read the Amazon spoilies. Oh, no. <laughs> for the whole season. Oh, no. <laughs> you tell me nothing. I'm not going to tell you anything. You're going to be Jon Snow. <laughs> I kind of wish I didn't know, honestly, because mm. I'm, now I'm excited. But in a way that I could have been like surprised and excited. Ah. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. So... Yeah. That's that the hot bull- garbage of this episode. Yeah, that's the bullshit of this story. It's not, honestly, it's not as bad as the last one. It's yeah. like, fine. Yeah, exactly. It's a passable episode of 7th Heaven. Do you give this a thumb up and thumb down? I'm going to give it one thumb up, one thumb down. Because I really liked the T-bone of it all. I really liked Lucy's pep talk to the twins. I also really liked the moment with Annie and Ruthie at the end when when it's a chance for Ruthie to essentially apologize to her mom for her behavior and for Annie to be like, listen, this isn't about us taking this away from you. It's just that right now this is a more pressing matter. And we need you to be home. And we're going to find a way for you to get back here and get back on this life path you want for yourself. That was really important to me, I thought. Mm -hmm. And I ultimately think, too, it's what made Ruthie receptive. Because the truth is, is it's never going to happen. She's never going to leave the nest again, probably. Not until she's 25. But it was enough to, like, let her cross the threshold into, Mm -hmm. like, she she leaves her selfish desires behind and she has, her empathy is able to spark in her heart again of, like, oh, yeah, no, my dad does need me right now. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'll come. Yeah. You know? True. So, true, for true. all those reasons, I think it earns one thumb up. Okay. And the rest of it's just hot garbage. I'm with you then. <laughs> yeah, thumb up, thumb down. I know, because, like, some of the emotional stuff was nicely done. But, yeah, and some of it, like you said, fucking bitch. <laughs> But I'm actually interested now to see Margaret's character grow. Like, yeah, I'm hoping this is the beginning of like some really like stretching yeah. of herself. I yeah. was expecting, I was expecting this like her to unleash like blah 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 really fast, and everyone going, huh? <laughs> I mean, T Bone called it. He said, yeah, I'm sure you have a story, uh huh, and you will tell it one day. Yeah, and she did. Yeah, I honestly think Margaret is a more compelling character than Jane is. Mm-hmm. Jane just seems to be like a screw up, like a classic, like just hot mess kind of a person. Yeah. Margaret's story seems a little more tragic in the sense of like, you know, what does she have going for her? Like, how did she and Jane even end up being hooking up and being friends? You know, like, where did that come from? I wonder if we'll learn that, you know? Yeah. Maybe they'll get into it. Maybe. We one can only hope. One <laughs> and not lose sleep. <laughs> yes. Um I think I think that's it. Yeah. I feel I don't have any other stray observations. No. Um that's gonna do it for us folks. Thank you as always for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app, wherever that might be. 
Um, you can find us on social media at the number for heaven's sake pod. You can send us an email at for heaven's sake show at gmail.com. That's F O R H E A V E N S S A K E S H O W at gmail.com. Don't forget, we are gearing up to do something fun and special for the finale of the show. The finale. <laughs> so send us those questions, those comments, those thoughts, anything that you've wanted to know or say to us this whole time. This is your last chance. So looking forward to reading all of that. Um, we're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash for heaven's sake pod. That's the number for heaven's sake pod. Uh, we've got a couple tiers on, up on there. I'm really proud of our um, Heaven Head special tier. Yeah. Because we've been doing that for over a year now. God. And there's like 24, 26 movies up there, which that means. And we have more to And come. more coming. That's not going to go anytime soon. And uh, it's live commentary on films that T has seen that I have not which, if you know us, you know there's a lot. Yep. So that catalog isn't dying anytime soon. <laughs> and we've got some fun, like themed months coming up. Too. Yeah. Once so. once this podcast is over, it'll it's going to open up our schedules and allow us to like have some more fun yeah. with the Patreon. So now would be a really good time to join that as well. Catch up on our back catalog. That's like so many hours of content. I don't even know how to count it. <laughs> um, just in time for us to like do some fun stuff over the summer. So, yep. uh, yeah. Until next time. Bye. Bye.